What's going on, family? This is Pastor Sergio Chavez, and I just want to thank you for tuning into the Hope Center podcast. The big idea in this series, this month, we're starting a brand new series. It's called the Family Matters series. And throughout the weeks, I want you to come out. I want you to participate in this, in this series. It's going to be a very dynamic series, let me tell you, because we're going to discuss the things that impact and, and, and negatively affect family relationships. And, and you're maybe saying, you know what? I'm not married. I, I don't have my own family, but you're a part of a family. I want to tell you that whether you're divorced, whether you're separated, whether you're married, or whether you don't have any family in this room, I want to let you know that this series is for everybody in this place. And I want to let you know today that God wants to use your family. But first, before we get into how God wants to use our family, we must first understand what is the purpose of our families. What is the purpose? And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I have several notes today about how God designed the family. The first thing, if you're taking notes that I want you to write down, is that God designed families to be a shelter for storms. God designed families to be a shelter for storms. Because of sin, because we live in a broken world, life is tough, is it not? Life is not easy, it's difficult. Things don't always go as planned. And so in life, you will go through storms. Physical storms. Anybody ever went through a physical storm? You know, a lot of times we have an idea for how we should live in our health and our well-being, but then we get hit with physical storms. There are, in life, there are moments when we're hit with emotional storms. Emotional storms within your relationships or you go through situations of embarrassment, of regret, of guilt, of shame. We go through emotional storms. We go through relational storms. We go through conflicts with people at our job, with people in our families, with our marriages. We go through relational storms. We go through financial storms. Sometimes we're looking at our bills and we're looking at our income and we start doing the math and it's not adding up. Anybody ever gone through a storm in this room or is it just me? Physical storm, emotional storm, relational storm financial storm. There are so many different kinds of storms that we go through, but the beautiful thing about family, when family is done right, when family is operating according to how the Bible describes it, family or the home should be a shelter or a place of refuge whenever we're going through storms. The home should be a place of protection. The home should be a place that we want to run to and not run away from. Any of you ever played a board game? Show of hands. A board game? Monopoly, check it, or, or, or sports, um, particularly baseball. In, in baseball, the, the, the whole objective of the game is to get where? Is to get home. That's supposed to be the mind frame according to God's design of a home or a family, a place of protection, a 
place of acceptance, a place that doesn't reject you, that doesn't look down on you. And can I tell you that this church is a part of a family. We're a part of a church family. And so I want to let you know that this church is also a place of refuge, a place of protection, a place of acceptance. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how many years you were out doing your thing while and now. I want to let you know that in this place, this church is a shelter. I wish I had a real church that believed that today. Come on, if you're going to give it up, give it up for real. I want to let you know that this is a shelter. You may have gone to other places where you were rejected, where you were looked down on, where people talked about you, where people criticized you, but I want to let you know that this is a church where we will accept you, where we say, come as you are. But here's the thing, we won't leave you as you are. This is a place of acceptance, a place of love, and that should be how our families are, mothers, fathers. I want, you to, talk, I want to talk to the parents. I want to talk to everyone within your home dynamic, regardless of what's happening, regardless of the storm. Make sure that your home is a place of refuge. Make sure that your, place of, uh, 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 that your home is a place of protection, is a place of acceptance and love. Because that's what God wants. He wants it to be a place of shelter. Not saying that we excuse or we don't, uh, we don't have accountability and correction. That's a part of love. But what I'm referring to is that you do everything from a basis of relationship out of a place of love. Correction after relationship, not correction before relationship. The home is designed to be a, a shelter for the storm. But while I'm on the subject of storm, this is not on my notes, but I want to I wanna just speak to somebody who may be going through a storm currently, and I just want to declare and encourage someone today. I don't know who this is for, but as I was praying, I was prompted by the Lord but to tell you that the storm you're going through is not meant to break you. I want to let you know whether it's a financial, marital, relational, physical storm. I want to let you know that the storm is not meant to break you. But in fact, the storm that you're going through, I feel like preaching in this place. The storm that you're going through is meant to make you wiser, stronger, and better. I want to speak to somebody today who's going through a storm and saying, God, why am I going through this storm? I want to let you know that the storm that we go through in life, what it does, it activates our faith. What it does is it, it redirects our purpose and our focus. What storm does is confirms that God is with us even in the midst of the storm. I don't know who I'm speaking to. I don't know who that's for, but I want to let you know that the storm will not break you. The storm will make you in this season of your life. Storms are not meant to break you, but to make you stronger, wiser, and better. Anybody ever gone through a storm in life? Come on, talk to me. Talk to me if you're awake. You ever gone through a storm? And anybody ever had that testimony that after the storm, you look back, the storm that you thought you weren't going to make it out of, and now you're out of it, and you look back and say, look at what God brought me out of. Anybody got that testimony in this place that can say, you know what? I thought I was going to die in my storm. I thought I was going to lose everything in my storm. But look at what God has done in my life. That is what God wants to do for somebody that's in the storm right now I'm preaching better than how you're clapping and praising but that's all right I'm gonna take this for me I'm gonna receive this for me the storm is not meant to break you number two I want you to write this down God designed the family as a learning center for life 
God designed the home. He designed the family as a learning center for life. Look at what the scripture says in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. This is referring to a young Jesus, even our Lord and Savior. Watch this. It says he grew in wisdom, speaking to experience and intellect. He grew in stature, so he was growing physically, and in favor, growing spiritually with God and man. He was growing even socially. The home is supposed to be a learning center for life. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. If we have that there, pull that up for me, please. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and you arise. So the scripture even tells us about instruction. It tells us about training. It tells us about in instructing in several ways and I want you to if, if, if this is this may be for a, a, a parent or but even if you're not a parent this should be the dynamics that you have within your family this is what you should be praying that there be a threefold strategy as to how you instruct your children first you want to you want to move them away from parent control this is when they're little ones the little babies right you got to do everything for them. So that's parent control. You, they can't do anything for themselves. And so you got to do everything for them. You got to change their diapers. You got to put their clothes on. You got you to put their shoes on. You got to feed them. You, so you go from parent control to then teaching them to become independent. That is self-control, right? Then they get to a phase. You got to a phase when you were growing up, started putting your own clothes. You started putting your own shoes on even though they were backwards, right? You start putting the right shoe on the left foot, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You started, your parents let you dress yourselves and you started wearing all types of funky ratchet clothes like that weren't matching at all, but, but your parents were trying to teach you independence, right? So you went from parent control, then you went to self-control, to becoming independent, right? But then we want to move them away from, from self-control to God control. From becoming independent from you, but fully dependent on God. You want to take them from parent control to self-control to God control. That is being spirit-led. That is why we must instruct our children. We must instruct our generation. We must instruct our youth, our young people in the ways of the Lord because this is a time, the time that we're living in, we need God more than ever. I, I, I don't know about you, but the things that I'm seeing in the world, I, I don't know if you've been watching the news, you've been on social media, but the things that are taking place in the world, we need God more than ever we need God more than ever and we have the opportunity to raise up children young people young leaders that will reflect and be the light of God in this dark world but we got to take them from God parent control to self-control to spirit God control to becoming fully dependent on God fully reliant on God but also interdependent on people not dependent on people because when you're fully dependent on people, your world, you listen, it's going to be a hard life for you if you're fully dependent on people. Because people will fail you. People will disappoint you. People will not meet your expectations. So we don't become fully dependent on people, 
but we come fully dependent on God and interdependent on people. That is, that is, that is saying, I fully depend on God, right, but I'm connected to you. We are interdependent. We work as a team. So marriages, you are a unit. You work as a team. You are a couple that's supposed to do everything together. It's not you do your thing right here and I do my thing over here. No, you're supposed to do it together. You are a team. I got my money over here. She got her money over here. I sleep over here. She sleeps over. The devil is a liar. The, it's a, you're supposed to be a team, a unit. And, and if you're married and if you're going through that, let's talk more after the service. We'll, we'll, we'll sit down because, praise the Lord, we're going to get you delivered in Jesus' name. Here's the thing. Three things. We're supposed to teach our children. We're supposed to teach our families. Even if you don't have children, you have young people. We're still, we're constantly teaching within the family because it is a learning center. There's three things that we teach. And even if you're, check this out, even if you're, if you're already an adult and you've never seen this dynamic within your family, God can use you to even teach your parents that never practiced this. God can use you to change and break cycles. So what we, should, what we should be learning in the home, number one, is how to deal with relationships. So write that down if you're taking notes. Relationships. Jesus, as he was growing, we saw in the scripture, he was learning how to be social. It said he grew in favor with God and with man. So he was growing spiritually, but he was also growing socially in favor with man. He was growing physically and also intellectually. So we see that we should be instructing on how to deal with relationships. In this broken world, there will be so much conflict within the world with people. And so we should be instructing, how do you overcome challenges in relationships? How do you overcome difficulties in relationships? The second thing we teach in the home is values. Values are the things that you hold near and dear. I know I'm teaching. I'm laying a foundation today, so, so just, just bear with me. The second thing that we teach is values, what you hold on to. The scripture says that press this word in Deuteronomy. Teach this word to your children. Instruct them. Lead them in this word. What do you value in your family? I want you to analyze that. Because we're constantly teaching the people around us what we value. Do you value money and possessions more than you value people? Do you value things more than, more than spirituality, your walk with God? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are the environments that you are in? Those are the things that you value. How do you handle money? That's a value. You're teaching that value. How do we, are, are you teaching the value of kindness? Of patience, or are you, are you when when you're when somebody cuts you off, are you just ready to cut somebody? You're teaching a value. As soon as somebody says something to you, you're ready to fight. You're ready to pull the. You're teaching that value, or are you teaching patience? Are you teaching the value to your children and the people around you, your family? Are you teaching them the value of not giving up? patience that when things get difficult it doesn't mean you give up it means you keep fighting and you keep going and you keep persisting see that's a value it's amazing to me that now more than ever we live in an instant culture and so these values we started we, we started to lose these values of kindness of love of patience 
these virtues, we began to lose it. But I want to challenge this church to be the difference. This church to be the difference in teaching the value of patience, of not giving up, of holding on to your faith, of kindness, of love. The third thing that we teach is character. If you're taking notes, write that down. The third thing we teach is character. Character is who you really are. Reputation is what people think you are, but character is who you are really. Character is what you do when you're alone. That's character. You confront all day in front of me and tell me, I'm blessed, Pastor. I'm all right. I'm doing well. I'm excellent. But listen, character is what you do when nobody's around you. Character is what you do and decide when nobody's looking. God says, I want to build character within the family. Let me tell you, that I remember one time I was, um, this was in a college course. I was in, I was in a class and... And this is one of those classes that, um, for if I have any students in the house, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. The classes where, you know, the professor just kind of lectures and, and everybody knows that's the class where you could take a nap. Kind of like how, how some of y'all looking right now. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it was that class. So I was in that class, you know. And, um, and as usual, you know, students went and they knew. As soon as they got in, they sat down. It was fairly large, one of, one of those kind of auditorium-style classrooms, and so students would come in, and as soon as they put their head down and just go, class would go by, and that was kind of the usual. What was interesting is that one day, uh, we didn't know that they had invited a, 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 a prominent, renowned lecturer to come to the class, and so... Um, because he was well-known, there was also news broadcasters there and um, photographers and videographers. And so when we came into the classroom, um, everybody came in and put the book bags down and, 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 and what did you think they did? As usual, they just... But then the lecturer came, the guest came, and right behind him came all the people with, with the video <laughs> And with cameras flashing, what do you think everybody did at that moment? Everybody got up. Some of them had drool, started wiping the drool off their mouth. And they started fixing themselves up. Why? Because they were in front of a camera. What do I want to tell you? Live your life as if the camera's always on you. Because that's character. Do what's right even when nobody acknowledges you. Do what's right even when nobody praises you for it. Do what's right even, even when nobody watches, even when nobody's there to see or praise you or say good job. Keep doing it because that's character. It's doing what's right. It's not doing what you want or what you feel is right. It's doing what is right. That is character. Live as if the lens is always on you. Every decision, every step. And, and, and here's the thing. There are always eyes on you. Parents, our children, are, they're observing, they're watching. What type of character are you instilling? Are you instilling spiritual maturity within them? I want to challenge you to build that character. I want to challenge you to teach them 
to do what's right within your families model it don't just don't just tell people what to do but live it out the last thing that I want to share with you is that the family is a launching pad for ministry the family is a launching pad for ministry Joshua 24 15 if we have that scripture let's pull that up Joshua 24 15 says but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord it's a launching pad your family should be a launching pad. This church is a launching pad for ministry. God wants your family to practice serving people together. Do you know one of the greatest blessings for me in this church to see? One of the greatest blessings is when I see families serving together. When I see parents, whether you're single or whether you're married, but coming in this place and you're serving with your families God wants to use your entire family you know this week I was reflecting on it um, we had we recently had our team night and I don't know if, if my brother is here but it blessed me so much to see my brother Richard he was presenting during team night and he had his baby strapped on you know she was she was his little assistant and he was, he was taking care of ministry, but with his baby right there. That's what God wants to do. He wants to instill the value of serving God as a family. The reason I'm standing here today is because I had a mother, and she came weeks ago. I had a mother, and I, and I had acknowledged her here while she was here, that prayed for me, that I saw in the good and the bad, she was serving God. That when I was looking at her saying, why are you going to church? Why are you serving God? But I saw her in the good, in the bad, during the worst moments of her life. She continued to serve God. And even though I wasn't serving God, that instilled something in me to say, you know what? Even though I'm not doing it and I'm young, when I get older, when I have my own family, I want my family to serve together. Not just to live for themselves, but to live for a greater purpose. To live, to serve humanity, to do something that makes a difference that's such a blessing to see when families come in this place and they make sacrifices to serve God as a family God wants to use your family but you got to make a conscious decision just as Joshua declared as for me and my house we're gonna serve the Lord your children talk about I don't want to go to church you better tell them listen me and my house we gonna serve the Lord. Now, when you get older and you got your own place, you pay your own, you got your own, you pay your own bills, and you buy your own food, then you know, and then from there you just gotta pray for it. But as long as you're living under my roof, we gonna serve the Lord. <laughs> See, y'all didn't come up that way. See, y'all y'all came up in a way where y'all were allowed to do anything, and you were allowed to be free, and your parents were your friends. My mother was not my friend she was my mother <laughs> she said boy you get the church sometimes she had to cry sometimes she had to pull 
but I'm standing here today. What are we instilling in our families? See, we, we have the opportunity to teach and instruct on the values of growing and maturing spiritually. We do it for everything else, but we cannot ignore the spiritual aspect. We tell them, listen, you got to eat these vegetables. Can you imagine if my daughter came to me, Dad, listen, all I want to eat is cheese puffs. I want to eat cupcakes. I want to eat, what else does she like? I want to eat pizza. That, that's all I want to eat. What do you think I'm going to tell them as a parent? Because I'm instructing. I'm going to say, no, you're going to eat these vegetables because this is what's good for you. Dad, I'm going to just, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and, 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 and pick up whatever and drop whatever and do whatever I want to do in the house. No, 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 no. That's not the way it works. See, you instruct. You build character, right? But we also do that spiritually within our families. You got to, listen, some of you have been praying for your family because you're the only one in your home that may be a believer. Can I tell you, it's, it's, you, are, you are the vessel that God will use. You are the vessel that God will use. Some of you for a long time been praying for people. I prayed for years and years of 20, 25. My mother, my family been praying for people in my family for years and years and years. And it, it, it didn't come soon. It didn't come the time we wanted. But I'm, I'm seeing the fruit now of those prayers of living a life of integrity, of character. Family is supposed to be a place of refuge. It's supposed to be a place of protection. It's supposed to be a learning center. It's supposed to be a place where we mature, where we grow. And so, as we continue this series, I want to challenge you to begin to reflect and assess the values, the, th the, the character that is being modeled within your home. Are we serving God together? Because that's what God desires, for families to serve God together. The word ministry is the Greek word that translates for service. Ministry is to serve. And there is nothing greater in life than serving people. Let me tell you. It's not a title. I've met people with the greatest of titles, people with millions of dollars. That's not the greatest thing you can aspire and receive in life, let me tell you. The greatest thing, because all those things you can lose, by the way. But serving people, serving God for a greater purpose, serving God for a greater cause, we need that now more than ever. In this time, what we're seeing in the news where families are being separated, have been separated, we need to talk about the importance of family and how God designed us, that we're meant for a greater purpose. You and your family are meant to serve, love people, to teach your neighbors, your, your, your people surrounding you, the values that in the scripture we're taught. I'll close with this last thought. One of the most difficult things that I've seen in the last recent weeks was, was a case out of the Bronx, New York. How many of you heard about that case?
a young man, young man named Junior. Uh, that case I'm talking about has, has affected so many. And we're seeing every day in the news things taking place in the world, and we've almost become desensitized. It's almost like we're immune now. We're, when we see shootings and when we see killings and when we... That's not normal. That's not right. As much as you see it and you say, well, it is what it is. The day that you start saying, well, that's just life. and No, no. no. We have to have compassion as a church and pray for people, for our neighborhoods, for our communities, for our nation. We got to pray, y'all. It's not something that you just, well, it is what it is and just kind of scroll past it because then on to the next thing. You can't become desensitized to that. That's what I'm saying. We're losing these values. We have to rise up and be people that, that never lose heart for those matters. I was watching this case, and there's so many different, so much that I could say about that, and there's so much that took place in that. The, one, the thing that affected me the most, personally, maybe there are different things that affected you when you heard about that case. The thing that affected me the most was that this young man ran to the hospital on his own to try to save his own life. There were people recording footage. There were people in a bodega. There were people in that community that saw this young man and said, it is what it is. Legally, they may, they may not get charged with anything because legally, they did nothing wrong according to the law. Helping somebody is not enforced by law, but it's enforced by scripture. When you see somebody hurting, don't walk by them. When you see somebody in need, don't just look past the need. We get so caught up in our own life, in our own world, and our problems, and our issues. How can I help somebody else financially when I'm struggling? How can I, how can I pray for somebody else when I need prayer? How can I encourage someone else when I need encouragement? You got to break that and say, even though I'm currently struggling, I'm going to do everything I can to build my brother up. I'm going to do everything I can to build my sister up. I'm going to do everything I can to support them. I'm going to do everything I can to love on them because the Bible tells me that we are a family. We're a community. And so legally, these people may not get charged with anything, but they didn't do what's right. And I said, as I was praying, reflecting, I said, Lord, if this were to ever happen in our community, I pray that somebody at Hope Center would have the heart to say, what can I do in this situation to respond and support and help? Because that's what the church is supposed to do. We're a refuge. We're a learning center. That's what the church is. I don't know what you learned about church growing up. Whatever you learn, get rid of that mindset. This is not that anymore. This is a place of love, of acceptance, where you learn, where you will grow spiritually. This is a place where you will learn character. This is a place where you, be, we, you will be instilled with values. That's what the family is.
Thanks so much again for tuning in. I hope that you join us the next time. If you are in the DMV area, please make sure to come out on a Sunday at 1.30 p.m. You can find more information at myhopecenter.org. You can also stay connected to us on social media. We are at My Hope Center on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So you can search us up, connect with us, and uh, I hope to hear from you all and see you all very soon. So until then, peace, love, and God bless.